Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesolitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited! He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette Sports. The cream of the crop! Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go do that voodoo that you do so well. I mean, a lot of stuff going on, but we'll spend a lot of time talking about Central Catholic and that uh, semi-state title game tonight that you're going to hear on 1017 The Hammer. Don't forget, also, 4 o'clock, Jeff Julik and myself will bring you the Boiler Basketball Show. Absolutely loaded Friday worth of stuff. And you thought Michigan was a mess last week. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's getting messier and messier by the minute on Friday. I'll get to the latest on all that stuff. It did not stop with yesterday Jim Harbaugh taking the three-game suspension. And the internet has been hard at work today. Oh my goodness, some of the stuff we got to talk about. Always love your thoughts on the Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead text line at 765-447-4080. Let's start with Need to Know News. Here's your Need to Know News. Yeah, it got off to a hot start in this Michigan uh, mess. This fiasco continues as linebackers coach Chris Patridge, uh, Partridge sorry, is uh, been relieved of duties effective immediately, says ESPN. The announcement comes just a day after it was said that uh, Michigan's going to drop their legal case against the Big Ten and that Coach Jim Harbaugh would serve his three-game suspension. Source told ESPN that Partridge's firing stemmed from his lack of cooperation with the NCAA investigation. The internet is saying some other things. Is it the internet? Uh, yes, it is. But there are some there are some allegations by some out there. that there was evidence presented that an assistant coach attempted to destroy evidence after the scandal broke out. That's according to Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports. There's also a mysterious figure named Uncle T involved here. Oh, gosh. We're going to break it down a little bit more here in a bit. This thing just got so much more, so, so much more broader. It's crazy. Big Ten men's hoops last night. IU holds on to beat Wright State 89-80. to What'd I tell you about that, man? Can't trust those guys to cover. Minnesota blew a 20-point second-half lead. It was like 11 minutes left. They had a 20-point lead. They lose at home to Missouri 70-68. to Tonight, Butler heads to Michigan State. Sparty's a 9.5-point favorite there. Penn State hosts Moorhead State. Nittany Lions are a 12.5-point favorite. Robert Morris, old Bobby Moe, heading to Wisconsin, where the Badgers find themselves 19.5-point favorites. 
Long Beach State heads to Michigan. Wolverines minus 15 and a half there. Valpo crosses the border to take on Illinois, where the Illini are 29 and a half point favorites. Arkansas State, a 20 and a half point road dog at Iowa, where the over under in that game is 173 and a half points. Maryland gets a ranked Villanova team. Nova, six and a half point favorite this evening at home. Blackhawks drop one at home to the Lightning last night, four to two. They'll head to Nashville tomorrow night. Bulls will host the Magic tonight as a two and a half point home favorite. Pacers are off till Sunday when they host the same Orlando Magic. Last night, Joe Burrow left in the first half of Thursday night football. What appeared to be a wrist injury. Now, uh, breaking news, Joe Burrow out for the season with a torn ligament in that wrist. Meanwhile, the NFL is investigating as to why the Bengals did not list him on their injury report this week over a wrist ailment. The Bengals have posted a video on uh, Twitter on Wednesday night of Burrow getting off the team bus wearing what appeared to be a soft cast on his right hand. They later deleted that post. So there may be some repercussions coming for the Bengals. Sorry if you're better. I did tell you they were 0-14, didn't I? I did tell you they were 0-14 on the road in primetime games in the last decade. And then it sounds like uh, Mark Andrews also done for the year after uh, getting his ankle destroyed last night on a tackle. So the game extracted a heavy price in the AFC North. But there you go. That is today's Need to Know News. Tonight, CC looks for another semi-state title. They head to Fort Wayne Lures. Game kicks off at 7.30. You'll hear it right here on 101.7 The Hammer. Purdue Volleyball hosts number two Wisconsin tonight. That game tips off 7 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. All right, last night, let's cash that first half cover. Thank you very much, Baltimore. Mark Andrews can't do a whole lot. of Guy, look, that was good. We had two targets, two catches on the opening drive, and then he got his ankle destroyed. Not much you can do about that. But, boy, we were about halfway to pay dirt after the first, just the first uh, drive. Tough pill to swallow on that. But the first half does hit. And we've had a pretty darn good week. The Andrews thing bums me out. That you know, I, I told you about the uh, the stats on him, and I hate everybody that's always you know everything lines up. The public loves it, the stats love it. Everything looks like a no brainer. I told you not to go with the yards. I wanted to go with those receptions, and we were good there. Can't do anything when a guy gets hurt like that. Bummer. Let's get back after it tonight. Um, look. This is not a Friday slate that I am super excited about. So I'm going to start with that. Big Ten. It's interesting tonight. I mean, Butler at Michigan State, nine and a half point difference. State should probably cover that. Penn State and Moorhead State, you don't want to watch it. even put money on it. Robert Morris, Wisconsin. Do you really trust Wisconsin with anything right now? 20 points? 
I don't know a thing about Robert Morris, but I know I don't trust Wisconsin to cover anything these days. Long Beach State at Michigan, 15 and a half points. Ugh. Valpo at Illinois, 30 points? 173 over under at Iowa? Maryland Villanova? Ugh. I don't like it. I do think, surfing around here, we may have identified a better two. So, Posh Alexander tonight, in that Michigan State game in Butler, we're looking at an over-under for him at 10.5 points. I like this. Everyone's going to be looking at Pierre Brooks coming back to Breslin. But Alexander remains one of the best scoring options for Butler. Just does. And we're talking ten and a half here. He has more than eclipsed this number. All three games of season, he's had 13, 15, and 13. Going back to last year, he's hit this number in seven of his last eight games. He gets up around nine to ten shots a game. I think you got to be on that tonight. Normally, I like the guys in the revenge game spot. I feel like that's the you know that's the uh, the move there. The guy going back to the old place, the old barn. Now Butler, you know, Eastern Michigan, SEMO, and Eastern Tennessee State University. And then, uh, not the best of opponents. But Michigan State hasn't exactly done a great job at playing defense. Except for against Southern Indiana. See, I kind of, I, I like Posh here. I say you go with the kid out of Brooklyn tonight. Again, he's averaging 13. He's almost averaging 14 points a game. We're getting him at 10.5 tonight. That'll be that'll be my play for this evening. If you want to get over into if you want to get over into football, Lord help me, but I think I will take Colorado plus the four and a half tonight. That might be my play. Colorado has been in seven one possession games this season. They have covered the spread in three in a row. The Wahoos, Washington State, lost by field goal in each of their last two weeks. They opened up as a favorite in both of those games. They are just 1-4 against the spread in their last five. If you're looking for the action, that's where I would look in football tonight. I don't, I'm not a Colorado fan. But... Four and a half against Washington State tonight. I feel like I can get down on that. So those are my plays tonight. Again, don't love the slate. Not a whole lot of high confidence on a Friday night. Colorado four and a half. Posh Alexander for Butler over ten and a half points. 
those would be the plays. All right, hang tight right here, all right? When we come back, we'll get Sam King on the line here, Journal and Courier. He's coming up next. We'll talk a little semi-state football with him and more when we return. This is the Hammer Down Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7 The Hammer. Welcome back. 101.7 The Hammer, 101.7 TheHammer.com. I'm Jared Jessalitis. We're over to our Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to bring in Sam King of the Lafayette Journal and Courier. Nobody covers high school sports much like this guy does, and uh, he is all over the place. Sam, it's great to have you back here, but our number of football Friday nights is uh, coming to a close. This will be the last Friday night uh, for a local team as the uh, Knights get set to take on Lures. Uh, up on the road in Fort Wayne. Um, this uh, let's go back to last week. I mean, just a uh, tremendous win out of uh, Central Catholic. Shut down Laville. Uh, I thought defense performed really, really well. We've talked about how good this night's defense has been this season, but uh, to shut out a team in the regional, Sam, that doesn't happen very often. No, and especially a team that uh, I think was ranked what fifth. Uh, I said that to the players that I talked to after the game. I said, you know. You shut down some teams this year, but this was, uh, you know, I thought from Central Catholic's defense, a next-level performance. Um, nothing nothing against, you know, Steger and, and Western and Benton Central and Twin Lakes and those teams, but, uh, you know, LaVille was a, a very good team that could do absolutely nothing on that field. And, uh, you know, I, I think it was 11-1 and coming into that game with the only loss to Knox, which, as we know, is still playing because uh, Knox beat West Lafayette in the regional so, you know, great season by LaVille, uh, greater season by Central Catholic, and we've talked a lot about why Central Catholic wants to play top-notch competition in the regular season, and it's for moments like last Friday and moments like tonight where you know it's going to take, you know, your best performance and, and you don't want to be surprised by anything you might see. And because of the schedule Central Catholic has played, uh, it's right in that boat. And then you take a look at the schedule that Lors has played in that summit uh, conference that they have. I mean, there's... Uh, they're out there beating 6A teams, 5A teams, 4A teams. This used to be an advantage that Central Catholic had, especially in 1A. They play these bigger schools in like, you know, 2A, 3A, maybe the occasional like Western in a 4A type deal. But boy, to watch a 2A team go out there and get victories over 6A opponents is, uh, that, that, that's a mark of a good team, Sam. Yeah, and you're right. Lures has had the same exact advantage in, in a small school tournament that Central Catholic had. And, you know, I remember going to the state finals in like 2009, 10, 11, 12 when Central Catholic was dominating Class A. Well, Fort Wayne Lords was doing the exact same in 2A. I saw a lot of, you know, back then you played the 1, 2, and 3A games all in a row, and now it's even an odd, um, you know, 1A, 3A, 5As. We'll play back to back and then 2, 4, and 6. Uh, so you would watch Central Catholic win, and then you'd get to see Lords go out and dominate the 2A game. Uh, two really prestigious historic programs, um, the fact that it's at Lures probably uh, gives a slight advantage to the, the Knights from Fort Wayne, not the Knights from Central Catholic. You know, I, I think the Knights are going to win this one regardless. So uh, <laughs> uh, this is, a, you know, just a great matchup because I think what Central Catholic has eight state titles and Lures has 11, something like that. So it's a lot of championships. We're talking with Sam King here on the Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, and he's apparently not leaving the dad jokes to me today. He's taking it upon himself to fire those off. It's always a good job, Sam. Uh, let's talk about the CC offense here. You know, it was so stuck in the mud early on when they lost Mason Meister, but they have him back. Uh, but, you know, having a guy last week, Nick Page, has been a contributor, but, boy, 
Um, he was uh, he was a very very key piece for them last week uh, with those uh, touchdowns. And of course, Hardebeck had a uh, another touchdown catch as well. But uh, Page was a kid that stood out. That got a few more touches than he normally does, and he, he was a real difference maker for the Knights. Yeah, when you get to this point of the season, you you know you bucked what you've done all year long. You especially if you're in a smaller class, you can't have guys just. Uh, on one side of the ball. You've got to have your best athletes in skill positions on offense if they're defensive guys. You know, Jackson Kane was big last week. He's uh, probably more known for his defense than his offense, but he was a big contributor on the offensive side, as you mentioned, Nick Page. And then you're right, like, there was a point in the season where Central Catholic did not have Alex Hardebeck and did not have Mason Meister, and those are the two biggest offensive playmakers on the team. So with those guys back and healthy, you hope you have enough offense uh, because your defense, you know, has been proven basically all season long, is going to, to do the job. And, and it doesn't take a lot of points uh, sometimes for Central Catholic to have to win these games. And, you know, to go through the tournament, I think it's, you know, what, three points in the sectional championship and regional championship combined. So you only need one touchdown to win. That's a, that's a good sign. But Fort Wayne North is going to be a little bit tougher challenge, I think. Um, but that's why you have your best players uh, also playing offense that uh, – provide some matchup uh, problems for, hopefully, Fort Wayne Lures. Yeah, and it's also, too, a team that, as we mentioned there earlier, Sam, uh, these advantages that Central Catholic has traditionally had in the state tournament, uh, the not just the depth with the numbers that they would bring over smaller schools, but uh, the experience of having so many extra weeks of practice because they go so deep in the postseason every year. Um, having a coach that knows what it does take and how to pace yourself and how to uh, make it to that state title and win it to make it to Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, these these advantages that Central Catholic usually enjoys over most teams, uh, it gets negated when you take on a program like Lures. Uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's not the best scenario for Central Catholic, but, you know, I would argue by the time you get to this point, you're playing a good team no matter what. I, I don't know how much more it matters once you get to the semi-state and state round, but certainly late in the sectionals, regionals, uh, those things do play a difference. Yeah, and you're, you know, sometimes people say, you know, it helps that you've been there before. Well, uh, Fort Wayne Lords is a team that's been there before. I think was in the semi-state last season and, and lost to the same Andrean team that, that beat Central Catholic in the regionals. So, uh, these kids aren't going to be afraid uh, of the moments on either side of the ball because they've been there. They're in programs that historically have done very well and, and expect to win. And, you know, there's not a lot of schools that you go to in the preseason and kids are talking about a state championship as the the goal. Um, and if they are, they're probably being unrealistic sometimes. Uh, but, you know, if you, I'm sure if you go to Fort Wayne Lords in the preseason, I know if you go to Central Catholic in the preseason, they are already talking about, you know, the goals for this team to, to play in Lucas Oil Stadium at the end of the year. So there's no shying away from it. Um, the only problem maybe that Central Catholic might have is what are the field conditions going to be at, at Fort Wayne Lures? And I haven't checked the weather, but knowing historically how semi-states have gone at Lures, I don't think that matters because, you know, in 2018, West Lafayette played in a, a mud-kicked field. Yeah, I remember. I rem- trust me, I couldn't remember. Remember how we were just <laughs> fighting to figure out who carried the ball because – you know, those nights where those dark blues with the silver numbers, and there's, those are hard enough to read as it is uh, in the dark, and then uh, the mud covered that. I remember that game very well. Yeah, I remember showing up and saying, did it rain here? And somebody said, no, it didn't rain here. And I said, why is your field covered in mud? And nobody had an answer for me. 
But, uh, you know, the one who did, I guess, was uh, one of the coaches at Rensselaer that said, hey, we played a semi-state there. It didn't rain, and the field was just a mud pit. So uh, maybe the Lewis has something going when it can host and, um, you know, pull some tricks up of its sleeve and maybe try to take away some of the advantages that Central Catholic might have with, with speed. I'm not saying that Lewis is going to soak the field down or anything like that, but if Central Catholic shows up and it hasn't rained, and the field is a mud pit, I, it won't surprise me. I'll, I'll tell you what, that wouldn't be the first game that uh, that had happened to us here. I mean, uh, were you around with uh, the Andrean did this to West Lafayette years ago, I think, in a regional or semi-state where it didn't rain. I think it was uh, Maurice Woodard, I think, was the uh, uh, big running back there. And then all of a sudden he couldn't make any cuts, and uh, Andrean just happened to find themselves uh, winning that game. It was weird how that happened. Yeah, I remember that game, and, and I don't think it would have mattered because that Andrean team was uh, – on another level, and I think the, the final score was something like 52-7. to seven. But, um, yeah, I do remember that as well. But, uh, you know, you can't make any excuses at this point. You just have to go out and outperform. And, and you know, that's what happened in 2018 with West Lafayette. Uh, I think was down 14 and nothing at halftime and, and ended up winning something like 27-14. to 14. Figured out a way to, to make it work, and that's what good teams are going to do. Uh, going to go through the game plan and then adjust accordingly as the game goes on. And we know that uh, Brian May has some cojones. We've seen him win a state championship going for two with 10 seconds left. So I'm sure that he's got some uh, some things that haven't shown up on film yet that they probably can take advantage of, of lures. Sam, before we let you go, I know you're uh, wrapping up the uh, IU Health Hoops Classic uh, here tonight for the uh, girls. And some, some teams have already punched their ticket, including West Lafayette, into that uh, championship game. CC's in the third place game there. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you've uh, seen through the uh, first round and, and half of the semifinals. Yeah, uh, West Lafayette last year played probably as well as it could play in a sectional game against Twin Lakes at Benton Central and lost in triple overtime and then had to sit there and watch Twin Lakes get within a few points of going to the state championship. So uh, that really has fueled this Red Devil team, and James Shot put together, you know, already played a, a really tough tournament against some, some better competition to basically um, hopefully make a run this year with uh, with some of those kids back from that team. And uh, it's paying off so far. Uh, West Lafayette has never won this tournament and uh, has a really nice chance to do that tomorrow night at Harrison. Uh, we'll probably play, well, we'll play either Benton Central or Rensselaer in the championship uh, and got a nice couple of wins. Uh, to beat McCutcheon, McCutcheon has one of the best high school basketball players you'll probably ever see in this area and Lily Graves, she's a freshman that's going to go to college probably anywhere she wants um, but West Lafayette beats McCutcheon then beats Central Catholic in a, a tough you know grinded out ugly looking game but found a way to win so I really like what the Red Devils are doing and for that matter you know the other teams in that bracket McCutcheon's really good I, I think the Twin Lakes is, is still really good with with two dynamic guards and, and Central Catholic um, got in some foul trouble yesterday and, and struggled to hit shots but also a really good team. Uh, I look forward to seeing how this all pans out tomorrow, but uh, so far it's been a, a great week of basketball, and you've got a lot of teams that are evenly matched, which is always a great sign. Sam King, Lafayette Journal and Courier, does a great job of covering local high school sports. Again, he's got girls basketball for you tonight, and uh, we've got the game here at uh, Lures for you for the semi-state, so make sure you're following along. Sam, it's always a uh, pleasure, man, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Sounds good. Hang tight, we're coming back. Uh, we got more on the way here on 1017 The Hammer. 
back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Big thank you, Sam King, for being on with us. Always appreciate uh, his insight. All right, so the Michigan mess continues to get uglier and uglier and uglier. Yesterday during the show, we told you, because it was kind of breaking, that Jim Harbaugh had decided that he was going to reverse course Go ahead, I'll take the three games, I'll miss the next two. Michigan said, hey, we had come to, uh, we, we have resolved the pending litigation with the Big Ten. We're good. Which is awkward, because earlier in the week, they were going to war. Remember? Oh, they were taking this all the way. Harbaugh couldn't wait to testify and clear his name. Couldn't wait. He watches a lot of Judge Judy. You know, he's been a bit of the crowd and stuff. Big fan of that Judge Judy. That's not a joke. He actually is. But I think a lot of us went, okay, that seems like a change in posture. The Michigan media, with all their stories to try to muddy up the waters here, that that all stopped. All right, we're just going to do this. We're going to move on, right? Uh Uh-oh. So if you were wondering if it was just discovery that maybe uh, changed Michigan's mind, we've got some new details. And wouldn't you know it, this wouldn't be the end of this drama. We told you at the top of the show that the school let go of their linebackers coach, Chris Patridge, uh, Partridge. I don't know why I keep calling Patridge. Partridge. Uh, he's gone. By the way, Connor Stallions said he was one of his best friends on the staff, was Partridge. According to Yahoo Sports, he was relieved of his duties as a member of the Michigan football staff. Multiple sources say it's not alleged at this at the time of knowing about the advanced scouting by Stallions, but acted after the fact to cover up evidence. There's also another name you're going to want to get familiar with here. Sources tell Yahoo Sports that a booster named in the NCAA report as, quote, Uncle T helped fund the alleged scheme, giving Stallions thousands of dollars for expenses. So you've got another fired coach for allegedly trying to destroy evidence here, perhaps on his own. It is completely feasible that a guy who Connor Stallions referred to as his uh, one of his best friends, one of the people he's closest to on that staff, got a phone call, and he said, listen, get rid of this for me. Totally possible. I still find it near impossible that the rest of this Michigan staff is completely unaware of what Stallions was doing. But now we've added a booster in the mix. Because somebody had to be paying for these tickets. Somebody had to be paying for travel at times. And you may be thinking, oh, Jared, I mean, it's a booster. They paid the money. It's an outside person. It's not Michigan. What's the big deal? Also, who is Uncle T? Well, The internet was really hoping it was Tom Brady. And I'll be honest with you, I was really hoping it was Tom Brady. But it's not Tom Brady. But the internet has done some tracking. 
And they believe they have found it. Inter the internet sleuths think that they have found who this is. And they believe it to be a guy named Tim Smith. And Tim Smith, you don't know who this guy is. He's a CEO of some, some company. But where this gets sticky is, is that Tim Smith is a board member of the Champion Circle. The Champion Circle is Michigan's NIL Collective. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Did all this money come out of his pocket? Did some of this money come out of the NIL coffers? If it came, if, if they could connect money, the champion circle, for used in the spy thing, I have to think that's a... I, that's fraud, right? You're donating to this thinking this is going to athletes. And if it's going to pay for stealing signs, sending people to other, I, that's fraud. I mean, you got to let that part of it sink in. If this was just some rich oil tycoon giving Connor Stallion's money directly out of his own checking account, that's one thing. But when it comes from an official partner in Michigan Athletics, that's another. You may also be saying, how, how do we know that it's him, Jared? How do we know? Well, it might shock you to find out that up until today, Tim Smith was listed on the Champions Circle webpage as a board member. But now all of a sudden... Well, this seems weird. The page is gone. Well, how did that happen? Again, this is all the internet connecting things I'm not saying. This is all alleged. But you start to connect some you start to connect some dots here and you say, Well, why did Michigan do such an about face if they were ready to go to war over this? Due process, due process. Can't wait for the due process. And then you get a chance for due process, and you're saying, no, thank you. We're going to go ahead and just take this and, and go. Do you see why now they were so eager to turn this thing around? Reverse course? Michigan feels like they've got new legal footing now after new evidence was presented. Oh, bull. You tried to play chicken. And you've blinked. Wisely, mind you. Can you imagine investigators getting to comb through all this? By the way, this would be the second coach fired uh, for a computer-related alleged crime this season. I mean, this whole thing is just such a mess. You fired a low-level staffer for... I don't want to get into that one. Now this... People are wondering if Harbaugh's son Jay is going to get in some trouble here too because also, Connor Stallion says, my other best friend on staff, guy I'm closest to, Jay Harbaugh. That's where we're at right now. Everybody's going through. Uh, they found the guy's uh, on three message board name. They're going through all the Michigan boards looking for this. 
More is going to come out. Plenty more is going to come out. But if you're wondering what the heck happened, that Michigan did such a quick U-turn, that Jim Harbaugh did such a quick U-turn, I believe we are starting to find out. Again, these are all just still allegations. But boy, for a program that a couple of weeks ago said that we were just jealous and that we stole their signs, this is a heck of an about face. And so we wait. Now, yesterday, they closed everything with the Big Ten. Does not, that does not mean the NCAA is still not investigating, because they are. But it only took them six years to punish Kansas. How long do you think it would take for them to punish Michigan? That Raiders job's looking good right now, huh? Maybe that Bears job comes open. I think they're going to give that to Antonio Pierce, by the way. I think he ends up staying with the Raiders. We'll see what happens. But I don't know that Jim Harbaugh is much longer going to remain the head coach at Michigan. It's looking less and less likely by the week. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We'll wrap up the Hammer Down Show. That's next on 1017 The Hammer, 1017. 